This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We made it to the end of the week. It was a long one, but you know what? We got there. Hopefully all in one piece. Dan Grosser Show on this 16th day of June, 2023, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Three hours of fun in store up until 10 o'clock. You get me on Twitter, as always, at Dan Grassa. We got Jacob Perry. We got Chantel Rankin. They are producing the program this evening. A little bit later on tonight, our good pal Bobby Marks, of course, front office insider for us here at ESPN, will join us coming up at 9 o'clock, talk about all things NBA. And we got some NBA to talk about tonight, certainly with with it being less than a week until the NBA draft, that's also an invite for a lot of big moves to be happening here and there, maybe some trades. We've already got into a couple of possibilities here this week regarding the Knickerbockers as to maybe, you know, what lies in store for them if they are going to bring in another piece to see if they can get a little bit further next season on a playoff push through the Eastern Conference. So we'll talk to Bobby a little bit later on in the program. And, of course, everything now with the John Morant suspension, you know, the world can now continue with its business. 25 games for the Grizzlies forward in his latest gun-toting incident on social media. I'll have a long time to think about that and actually practice what he preaches in terms of a suspension and an apology, which we'll have plenty to say about later on. Baseball team's back in business tonight, though, which is good, right? We had some fun last night, even though we didn't have a game. But, I mean, I think the Yankees and the Mets, both of them are pretty well-rested. They both had two days off this week. So you figure big weekend series on tap. The Mets at home to host the St. Louis Cardinals. Hey, they found a team that's actually been more disappointing than they have been this year. So that's something to build off of. That's something that they can maybe capitalize on. And let's just say this, they better. I mean, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like on Monday, at least on my show, if the Mets have a losing weekend against the St. Louis Cardinals. Because the Cardinals are a mess. You know, I, I think if you add up everything together, I know that the Mets and the Padres have richer payrolls than the Cardinals do. But when you think about St. Louis and what they've done in recent years, and, you know, in a lot of ways, they're almost kind of like the Yankees of the National League. They're always in the conversation. They always seem to play winning baseball. They haven't had a lot of losing seasons over the last couple of decades. Right? They're always in the mix. They have the reigning MVP in the National League side on their team. The Cardinal way, you hear about that all the time. And they got the worst record in the National League. And if you ask me, the clock is ticking on their manager, Oliver Marmol. Um, they got to turn this thing around. They are way too good a team on paper to be able to play in the baseball that they've done this year. There's been missteps made in the front office. I mean, all the way around. It's just a complete and utter mess. But the Mets have to take advantage of that. No other way around it. They have to have a good weekend at City Field in front of their fans, on their home field, maybe sort of capitalize on the sloppy win they had the other night against the Yankees there in extra innings and actually play good, fundamentally sound baseball over the next few days. Yankees, on the other hand, they're back up in Boston to take on the Red Sox for the second consecutive weekend, right? Yank Sox round number two. Now, last weekend, it was Boston who got the better of them in the Bronx winning two out of three games. You got Herman going tonight against Tanner Houck. Herman's been throwing the ball pretty well of late. Okay, so that's something that you feel good about. His last two starts, Dodgers, Red Sox, he's looked pretty good. You know, you put all the sticky stuff, jokes, and stuff aside because he actually looks like a fundamentally pretty good pitcher for them. And they need as many contributions as possible from this rotation right now while they wait for some of their injured party to get back. And Carlos Rodon, you know, the latest we hear is he's going to start to maybe get into some rehab action in the next couple of weeks, which, hey, it's a step in the right direction. 
but I wouldn't expect to see him probably until after the All-Star break to be safe. And if you're the Yankees, you know what? You'll sign for that right now because at least it's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, at the very least. And this Red Sox team, much like we said at the beginning of last week when the Yankees welcomed them into the Bronx, Red Sox are scuffling right now, right? They lost two out of three to the Colorado Rockies in their ballpark. Colorado's not very good. Colorado's scuffling. And it was just like that when they came into Yankee Stadium, but they turned things around and took a series in the Bronx. And that's what the Yankees can ill afford to have happen again. No Harrison Bader, though, tonight. You know, there was some thought, there was some hope that maybe Bader would be activated off the IL and he'd be back there in center field tonight for Aaron Boone and company, but not to be. He wants two more games in Somerset down to double A on Friday and Saturday. And the hope is, the plan is, is that he's going to be back in the mix on Tuesday after the Yankees have yet another off day coming up on Monday. But look, it's getting to the point with Harrison Bader where you almost say, well, you know what, he's expected back next week, but that's until the next time that he ends up on the injured list because the guy's always hurt. Ever since the Yankees got him, he's been hurt. I mean, he was hurt when the Yankees acquired him for crying out loud last year. So they need a healthy Harrison Bader especially with all this uncertainty involving Aaron Judge. Now, Aaron Boone spoke before today's game, said the Judge got another PRP injection into that toe, an issue with the ligaments. You know, they're tricky to figure out. And more importantly, there's still no timetable. And that's all the Yankee fans care about. They just want to know when Aaron Judge is going to be back in the mix. You know, save all the PRP stuff, save all the MRIs, the CT scans, whatever it is. Tell me when he is going to play. And the Yankees can't provide you that answer right now which is really the tricky part about this whole thing. They need a healthy Aaron Judge in the lineup because in the interim, they've struggled. Offensively, it's been downright abysmal. You know, we talked about it last night. You think about that game a couple of nights ago at City Field, which the Yankees ultimately ended up losing, right? One for 15 and runners in scoring position in that game. One for 15. I mean, you just stick the bat out inadvertently you're going to make contact and maybe something good will happen just by luck. One of 15 is abysmal. It has to be better. I mean, you think about it. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa had to literally steal a run in that game because there's no confidence in the rest of that Yankee lineup to be able to do something the old-fashioned way like swing the bat, drive, and a run. He had to take matters into his own hands with his legs and says, the hell with it. I'm getting a run for us. And it worked out. But Anthony Rizzo won for his last 29. He's got two hits in the entire month of June. He's got to be better. They're not paying him to go one for 29. Josh Donaldson, two for 22. He's got to be better. Giancarlo Stanton, who's got an MVP trophy. So does Donaldson, but Stanton's got an MVP trophy, right? This guy was thought to be one of the most feared sluggers in all the baseball. That was when he was wearing a Marlins uniform. We haven't really seen much of that since he put on the pinstripes. Maybe it's about that time he starts to reminisce and show that, hey, you know what? Yeah, I was pretty good once upon a time. I was. The fact that Judge isn't in the lineup, you know, that's what you have a guy like Stanton for, to be able to be that legitimate middle-of-the-order power bat. Haven't seen it. DJ LeMahieu, what's his excuse? Glaber Torres, same for him. I mean, these guys can't get out of their own way. Judges missed nine games. They've scored 31 runs, guys. That is not going to cut it because the Yankees don't have a pitching staff which is good enough to compensate for a lack of offense. You know, three and a half runs a game, not good enough. You're going to be going up against some teams that can actually swing the bat. 
And unless Garrett Cole is the guy on the mound, more often than not, you're going to have to put runs on the board if you want to win games. Because the Yankees don't have a lockdown pitching staff, at least with the starting rotation, like maybe they thought they would have. It's time for the bats to wake up. Enough is enough is enough. And there's been a theme here with this Yankee schedule, right? Boston last weekend, then the Mets, now Boston again. You know, these are rivalry games. These are intense games. So, yeah, absolutely you want to win them. They split with the Mets. They lost two out of three to the Red Sox. Now go up to Boston and repay the favor. Sox are scuffling, as I said. You know, these are winnable games right now. This Boston team, they're not a disaster, but they're still a team that the Yankees should handle. Because next week you're going to go back home and you got Seattle coming in, which you know is capable of playing good baseball. You got the Texas Rangers coming in. They're a first-place team. Maybe one of the big surprises in all the major leagues. So it's about time to start stacking these wins. I understand that there's a path to the postseason, the wild card. I get all that stuff. But you don't want to play yourself out of things too early. And you can't just rely on the fact that, oh, yeah, maybe, hopefully, Aaron Judge will be back soon. And he'll be back in that lineup and – Things are just going to go back to normal again like they always have been. Can't say that. Because you know what? You're in a division right now that is no joke. And there's only three wild card spots to go around. Baltimore's legit. Toronto's a team, if they can ever figure things out, on paper, they're more talented than the Yankees. They just don't play like it. Right? I can't even rule this Boston Red Sox team out to at least present some sort of a thorn in their side. You know, Boston has like a good week, then a bad week. Good week, bad week, which makes them sneaky dangerous. I mentioned the Texas Rangers. Them or the Houston Astros are going to win the West. The other, you know that they're going to be in the mix for one of those playoff spots. And I wouldn't write off the Seattle Mariners just yet. And oh, by the way, we haven't even talked about the Angels, who won again last night. Otani's hitting the ball to the moon. And they're seven games over 500. And they're doing this with Mike Trout in a pretty big slump for Mike Trout standards. So this ain't going to be easy. I know the National League as a whole is more pathetic right now than what the AL is. But the Yanks can't just be giving up these games and using Aaron Judge's injury as an excuse. They still have enough to tread water and to play winning baseball until number 99 gets back. You hope that he gets back. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. And you notice, like last week, and I talked about the whole Yankee Red Sox thing and whether or not, you know, it still has that buzz. To me, it's kind of played, right? Yankees Red Sox, when both of them are really, really good, great rivalry. As good as there is in baseball. Maybe as good as there is in sports. But the Red Sox aren't a championship caliber team this year. You know, I have my doubts whether the Yankees even fit that bill. But back in the day when both of them were still gunning for the same objective and the same goal, yeah, you know what? Every time they played, it was great. They met up in the postseason after that wild card was implemented. It was great, right? Two teams that hated each other, two cities that hated each other, both trying for that World Series. But that's not the case now. They're both not playing for the same thing, you know? Boston ain't in the same league. And two straight weekends, we got to get national TV on Saturday night. National TV on Sunday night. Like, this is not 2004 again. Yankees-Red Sox does not have that same amount of buzz. It just doesn't. And you know what? I'm not the only one who thinks that. 
Take it from the manager of the Boston Red Sox himself. Alex Cora talking before today's game. He says, I think it's too much sometimes. Back-to-back Sunday night games, with all due respect to ESPN, come on. There's other teams out there, and people want to watch them. Amen. Amen. Alex, speak in my language, buddy. Speak in my language. And I get Yankees, Red Sox, it's, it's, you know, it's got that name brand. But around baseball, around this country, like, are people stopping what they're doing either Saturday night or Sunday night to watch Yankees, Red Sox if they're not a Yankees or Red Sox fan? I don't think so. I really and truly don't think so. You know, why couldn't you put Tampa Bay and San Diego as your national primetime games this weekend? Tampa Bay, best record in the sport. San Diego maybe has more star power and a huge payroll. They would also be an attraction. As I said last time, if you want to grow the game, and all of these, you know, Major League Baseball talks about it, trying to attract new fans, initiate to folks that maybe aren't as exposed to the game, that's how you go about doing it. Not putting the same four or five teams on national TV and in prime time every single week. Otherwise, fans are going to put the TV on and they're going to say, oh, it's them again. Isn't there more to baseball than this? Like, why should I follow the sport if these are the only teams that the sport itself wants to market? And newsflash, there's a lot of other really, really good stories in baseball and a lot of other really, really good teams other than the Yankees and the Red Sox. Guess what? Teams even better than the Yankees and the Red Sox. This is 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Father's Day weekend. Happy Father's Day. A little early to all the dads out there. Tomorrow, remember, 9 a.m., our usual Saturday morning show, 9 a.m. to noon. So we'll talk to you tomorrow morning, hopefully with a happy recap of the two baseball games that are going on right now. Gangs have jumped out to a one nothing lead, as a matter of fact. little RBI ground out for one Anthony Rizzo. It all counts just the same. A run is a run is a run, so the Yanks will take it, and Domingo Herman will head to the mound with at least a, a little bit of a cushion. Mets, meantime, have opened up with three straight singles. How about that to begin tonight's festivities by Nimmo, Marte, and McNeil? So they got the bases loaded, no outs. All right, let's take a quick poll, quick. How will the Mets not score any runs this inning with the bases loaded, no outs? What do you think is going to happen? Um, strikeout, then double play. Um, shallow flyout. Not deep enough to have the guy tag from third base, followed by a double play. Or how about strikeout, strikeout, fly out? <laughs> what do we think is going to happen <laughs> with Francisco Lindor up at the dish right now? Oh, is that what's going to happen? Jacob says strikeout. So Lindor, I'll say, I'll say strikeout, 
Strikeout Lindor, Beatty double play. That's my pick. I think strikeout. I think strikeout Lindor and mm-hmm. Beatty might fly a line out. It's going to be that. But will that get a run home? It won't get a run home. No, it won't get a run home. Okay, so then that means Tommy Pham comes up then with two outs in the bases loaded. What does Tommy Pham do? Pham. Flan. I mean, fans. That's it. Yeah, Pham fans. <laughs> so basically, you're about as confident as I am that the Mets are actually going to put any runs on the board this inning with the bases loaded and no outs. But Let's, you know what? It is the Cardinals. You never know. I mean, I've you been. You never know. I've been dead inside since the Brave series. Just when- it's it's. How can you not be? How can you not be? You know, Miles Michaelis, who was an all-star last year for the Cardinals, he's pitching tonight, right? Look at this. Grab it. One, two, three. There you go. See that? Typical Met fashion, a one, two, three double play. Cardinals are in the dugout high-fiving each other. It's not that I spoke this into existence. How can you not expect this to happen? Maybe you should go get another haircut in between innings because everybody, you know, the haircut allowed them to win the last game. Maybe they didn't get it close cropped enough. Go with the number one blade, a little tighter on the sides. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, ground ball back to the pitcher who comes home for one, over to first for the one, two, three double play. So now they got second and third, two outs for Brett Beatty. (laughs) You can't make this up. You just can't make it up. All right, anyways, we'll keep you posted. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's start with Taylor in the car. First up here on 9870 ESPN. Taylor, how are we doing this evening? Hey, Dan, what's going on? What's up, Taylor? So just call in to talk. Just call to talk about the Yankees for a second. I think even if you assume Judge and Rodon come back healthy at or around the All-Star break, I still don't see how they're good enough to win the World Series or contend for it when you have – Rizzo, Donaldson, and Cabrera playing the way they are. I don't trust them at all. They got work to do. If you're asking me right now, as presently constituted, does this Yankee roster, even when those guys are healthy, like you said, is it good enough to win a championship? Probably not. Probably not. And that's on Brian Cashman. He's got work to do before the deadline on August 1st. I think that this team can use another starting pitcher, not named Carlos Rodon. Oh, it's a miracle. The Mets are actually going to get a couple of runs. Beatty actually snuck one down the first baseline. It'll bring home two. So look at that. Mets actually coming through, but I digress. Um, They could use another starting pitcher. I would actually see if I could go get a quality, another bat, maybe even another spare part in this outfield. Because even when Judge returns, guess what, Taylor? They might want to keep him off his feet a little bit if he's got a toe injury. I don't think he's going to be 100% necessarily. It's still something I think he's going to have to manage the rest of the year. So, yeah, they could use some reinforcements for sure. I agree, and if you look at LeMayu last year, he battled a toe injury for the better part of the season, and he was never the same, so I'm worried with Judge as well because of that. Yeah, I, 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 I don't disagree with you. I really and truly don't, and thanks a lot for the phone call, Taylor. Uh, have a good one. Look, the thing about Rodon first and foremost, um, here's the thing. If you're going to tell me this guy who has missed an entire season with various ailments, too, if you want to date back to spring training, that now he's going to go all of a sudden in the middle of July or late July, whenever he's going to make his debut, and you're going to expect this guy to be full throttle for the remaining, what, two and a half months of the season? That's a lot to ask. You know, he's somebody that if I'm the Yankees, you're probably going to look to bring him along slowly. Maybe if you have an extra off day, 
you know, manage the innings, manage the bullets that's coming out of that arm. Because you need Carlos Rodon is a guy that is going to be a difference maker for the Yankees. That's why they signed him. He's got to be healthy come October. I think the Yankees have enough just to get to the playoffs. I do. Barring that Aaron Judge is back in some way, shape, or form in a reasonable time, they've got enough. But to actually make a dent in October and do something that they haven't done in the past, that actually get to a World Series for the first time since 2009, they need a healthy road on. 800-919-3776. Bobby in Long Island, up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Bobby, how are you? Yeah. Yo, yo, hi, Dan. How are you? Good. Uh, What's going don't on? Think, don't think... Don't forget your 232 batting average for the Yankees, which is even worse than the Mets. They're like, just like ranked 24. And uh, Donaldson is standing. I mean, you talked about Lindor in the first inning. You know, Donaldson is standing with runners in scoring position, both struck out. Mm-hmm. They can combine total of $55 million. I mean, Stanton never plays. Donaldson's been a bust since he's been here. And, uh, you know, it's just ridiculous already. I mean, that they, you know, Donaldson's like a vocal backer. You know, they, they love this guy. I don't know why. And he's been a bus ever since he's been here. And, uh, you know, Stanton, you know, usually takes a six-day week vacation every year. You know, that, that contract has been a disaster. But, um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's just predictable already with these, these two guys. And, like I said, you take Judge of that lineup, that 232 average is even lower. Oh, he's like 225, whatever. So, uh, you know, I mean, the pitching's been holding him up. I think they're right fourth in the, in the, uh, in the league. Well, the bullpen's, but, you know, the bullpen's been their savior, let's face it. And, uh, you know, maybe that'll get them into the playoffs if they're pitching. But it's going to be the same thing like every year with the Yankees. The reason why they don't do anything in the playoffs is because they're hitting. You know, they've they got a bunch of guys who are Rizzo and DJ Lemayhu. Three through six making a total over $90 million to get Stan and Donaldson. And those four guys are playing like bumps. I, you know what, Bob? Uh, maybe that's a little bit of a strong word, but I hear your point. I thank you for the phone call. Look, I, I mean, everything you're saying, I can't disagree with. I can't. You know, Josh Donaldson, say what you want, and we know that that trade with him and Urshela, or and Urshela, or for Urshela coming to Minnesota last year, it, it, you know, and him and IKF coming over, you think that's really paid dividends for them? Not really. I mean, you think about what Josh Donaldson's done here. In little less than two years as a Yankee, he's been 214. 214, his OPS is 681. That's not good. That's not good. Not to mention the fact he's missed what? Probably over the span of those two years, over 60 games. That's not what you brought him into. That's not why you brought that guy here. And, you know, again, back to Rodon for a second. He's going to begin a rehab assignment on Tuesday. Okay, what's Tuesday's date? That is the 20th, June 20th. Figure that he needs about at least three starts, and they're going to spread it out for sure. So if that puts him somewhere in that first week of July to where you would say, okay, he's fit, he's ready to go. Remember, the All-Star break hits on July 10th. They're not going to pitch him before the All-Star break. What, What good does that do? If he doesn't have any hurdles or any setbacks during the rehab starts, they're going to play as conservative as they possibly can with him, and so he's not going to make his debut until after the All-Star break. You get the full week off, so then you're probably looking at, what, the 16th, you know, like somewhere around the 14th or the 15th of July, a month from today. 
if everything checks out a-okay, if you're a Yankee fan, that is what you hope for. A month from today, you're looking at Carlos Rodon on the mound for the New York Yankees. Three and a half months in the making, but you finally get there. This is 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Herman gave the one nothing lead right back here in the bottom half of the first. Masa Yoshida with a two-run double. So two-run socks, and they're looking for more here. Bottom one over the Yanks. Mets somehow, someway have jumped out to a 3 nothing lead over the St. Louis Cardinals. Let me say hi to Nelson. He is in Long Island. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Nell? How are you? How's it going, buddy? Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Uh, What's up? It, it always comes right back to the same thing. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the person here that has to be held accountable was the guy that puts the team together. Brian Cashman, he's had he's had his good run. It's just the Rondon I was against. Donaldson I was against. I mean, we gave up a good, you know, not that not that Gino Sherrill is a great player, but Gio Rochelle has been a hell of a lot better than what this guy's been the last two, three years. Uh, I wasn't great. I wasn't actually crazy. In fairness, though, Nelson, let me just say this real quick. In fairness, remember, Minnesota, who you traded Gio Rochelle to, the Twins gave up on him and shipped him to Anaheim. You know what I mean? So it's not like they felt he was a good brother. And by the way, Gio Rochelle fractured his pelvis. He's going to be laid up for a little bit, so we send him our best. But we could have we could have gotten something someone actually better. We could have traded for a younger prospect, whatever the case may be. You could have gotten something better instead of holding back. Also, it was a time Machado was out there. Then we also got I truly wanted Freddie Freeman. We ended up going. I mean, it is what it is. But I I think it's time. There's time for a change. I don't it's disagree about 20. Freddie Freeman. I thought Freddie Freeman. Remember, because there was there was rumblings there that the Yankees were maybe kicking the tires, and I think it would have been a great fit. A great fit. in Yankee Stadium, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, and you see what Freddie Freeman's doing in now. Stadium. It's 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 unbelievable how good of a look Freddie Freeman to me, and not just because he killed the Mets like nine gazillion times while he was wearing a Braves uniform, but Freddie Freeman to me was one of the most underrated great players in all of baseball, and he finally got that MVP during the COVID year to kind of give it a little individual validation, and and it cracks me up because like there's another first baseman in the National League, who's had a good career. And people just, like, fawn over this guy constantly. And I'm talking about Joey Votto. And Joey Votto, look, he's at the end of the line. He hasn't played much in the last couple of years. He's currently injured. But everybody talked about Joey Votto, Joey Votto. And my thing was always, well, Freddie Freeman's had a better career than Joey Votto. I I mean, there's no other way around it. You could take the on-base percentage and the sabermetrics and all that crap. Give me Freddie Freeman over Joey Votto any day of the week. So that's that's just my personal Freddie Freeman thing. But... Um, Freeman's a pure fun- hitter. Votto is a power horse. Not a, Votto's just, you know, he's he's a guy who takes his walks and, you know, he gets on base and all those things. Freeman's just a, a, an assassin. Guy's a gold glove first baseman. He's got the clutch gene, the whole nine yards, man. Freddie Freeman could be if a you wanna know, If you want to know who I love at first base, I'm going to tell you right now, Donnie yeah. Baseball. There's no better first baseman to me. You can make a case when he was healthy in his prime, 
in the mid-'80s, he might have been the best player in baseball. Well, not only that, at the end of the day, Donnie Baseball is Donnie Baseball. Kirby Puckett said it. Dave Winfield said it. If his back doesn't give, no one knows what the numbers he would have put up. But outside of that, even Don Manley with, with the back problems that he had, I mean, I love that as a kid growing up, watching him play, he interacted with the fans. A guy from Indiana came to New York. He embraced the city. He took the fans, put them in his heart. And at the end of the day, even with his, with a with a banged-up back, you weren't striking him out one, two, three. You, you just weren't. That guy yeah. played with heart. That's what New York misses. That's what we need. And for some of the younger Don't fans out there, Nelson, like Nelson, great phone call, buddy. Appreciate you checking in as always. And, and for those that you know weren't around and don't remember because it was, what, almost, th- almost 30 years ago, which is crazy because to me it seems like it was five minutes ago. I can still remember exactly where I was. When the Yankees made the postseason in 95, Right. And Mattingly at that point, he, he was at the end of the line. Right. Ninety five was his final season. Nobody knew at the time, but it was his final season. He had never been to the playoffs his entire career with the Yankees. When they got in as a wild card in ninety five against Seattle and they won those first two games at Yankee Stadium and he hit that home run in the Bronx. Like you heard the call, like that famous call from Gary Thorne on TV, you know, hold on to your, you know, hold on to the roof or whatever he said. Like that's how it was. It was a generation of Yankee fans that grew up especially in the 80s when the Yankees weren't going to the playoffs, but they had this one shining light in Don Mattingly. They had other good players. You know, Dave Winfield was there for a bit, Ricky Henderson there, on and on. But Don Mattingly was the guy, everybody's favorite player if you were a Yankee fan then. But he never had that big stage. Like, imagine, imagine like Derek Jeter. Imagine him being a Yankee his entire career, but never once getting a chance to go to the playoffs. That's kind of like what Don Mattingly was to those Yankee fans, except – Don Mattingly was a better player than Derek Jeter. I'm sorry, he was. You know, I, I mean, pound for pound, like, you know, Don Mattingly, as I said, there was a time, you know, 84, 85, 86, you could make an argument he was the best player in baseball. You couldn't, you never said that about Derek Jeter. All right, he was a good player, don't get me wrong. Clutched the whole nine yards, but Mattingly was that good. So when he finally got a chance to go to the playoffs there in 95, and he just missed out on that dynasty. Think about it, right? Because the following year, he retires, and then the Yanks start running off championships like they're nothing. He just missed out. But he was a great player. 800-919-3776. That is a telephone number. With the Mets, real quick, like, I, I, you know, and I said this last night on the show when we were kind of digesting what we saw in the Subway Series with those two games. I'm not a big, hey, you win a game, let's see if it serves as a springboard. I don't think one game can do that. You know, by all accounts, the Mets played extremely sloppy in that game on, what is it, Wednesday night, right? They did everything they could to give that game away. It, it was, you know, you saw that bad news Bears gene, which the Mets are way too prone to displaying more often than not. But with this Cardinal team coming in this weekend, and look, I'm not saying this just because they're out to a 3 nothing lead tonight. It's great, but this is a team you should beat. You know, this is a quote-unquote get-right series. But St. Louis is saying the same thing. I guarantee you, St. Louis Sports Talk Radio, the fans, the media like, they're saying, all right, we stink, but we're going to New York to take on the Mets, and the Mets are not very good this year. The Mets are a disappointment. We don't have to face Scherzer and Verlander this weekend, although maybe if you face Scherzer, it would be a good thing because, you know, who knows where he's at right now. But they got a beatable opponent in here for three days because guess what? This June, which has not been kind to them, and we knew on paper it was going to be difficult because the schedule is a lot more daunting. They've won two games this entire month. Two lousy, stinking games. 
And after they get done with the Cardinals, they go to Houston. Not easy. Then they go to Philadelphia. Not easy. Philadelphia has passed them in the division. Philadelphia has righted the ship. All right? All these guys that were maybe underachieving earlier in the year, they're not underachieving anymore. Trey Turner is starting to swing a hot bat. Phillies have won four consecutive series. They are good. And now they're peaking at the right time, and the Mets have to go down to that ballpark and play them. Somebody's got to explain to me, though. No Francisco Alvarez in the lineup tonight. He's only been like your best hitter. Why no Francisco Alvarez in the lineup? Okay, he's got Narvaez catching great. So why don't you have Alvarez as the DH? Because he got a right-handed pitcher? The Mets have had two days off this week. They've played two games in the last four days. Why can't Francisco Alvarez be in there? That makes no, no sense to me whatsoever. But Daniel Vogelback is back in there tonight. He's back. You know, the little R&R that the Mets gave him over the last few days, the so-called, you know, mental break, which, again, it's semantics more than anything. It's not, it's not mental health. It's not mental break. It's called can't hit a baseball very well break. That's what it really means, except that would look a little gaudy spread out over a, you know, website. He's struggling. That's why they didn't put him in the lineup. But Vogelback is back in there tonight. Here was Buck Showalter, by the way, before tonight's game, explaining just why Vogelback is in there. He's working hard, actually, behind the scenes, hoping that, uh, you know, he's a productive player he can be. You know, we could use it, especially with Pete out. So, you know, it's been a while, but he's been working diligently every day, as have the people that are working with him, and hopefully uh, tonight start something good for Daniel. We could use it. Is that just not a fancy way of saying we are doing all we can to somehow, some way, just salvage anything from that trade last year. Really, anything from the deadline. Which, to me, you know what, that ship has sailed. 2022 is over with. The moves that they made last year at the deadline to try to go far in the playoffs backfired on them. They didn't even win a round. They were done in three games by the Padres. All right, Naquin didn't work out. Givens didn't work out. D uh, Darren Ruff didn't work out. And, and sure as hell, Vogelback hasn't worked out either. Do I need to sit there and actually spit out the numbers for Vogelback this year as to how bad he's been? Huh? I mean, the numbers I just gave you on Josh Donaldson, Vogelbacks are worse. They're worse. But, like, when do you – get? see, I don't understand this about the Mets. I really don't because, one hand, they have an owner who has more money than God. Money is no object. If they have to eat a bad contract, they'll do that. Like, for example, remember when they said goodbye to Robinson Cano? and ate however much millions and how many more years was left on his deal, they just DFA'd him. They said, you know what? He's not cutting it. We will pay him to go bye-bye. And that's what they did. But yet Vogelback, who's not making anywhere near what Robinson Cano was getting paid, right? I mean, the guy's making like a million and a half dollars this year. Like, what's the point of keeping him around? And it makes you sick because you look around baseball, and I know he got hurt the other day with an ankle injury, but, like, J.D. Davis is somebody who was actually semi-productive this year for the Giants, right? And that's who they traded for Darren Ruff last year. And J.D. Davis kind of got squeezed out last year for whatever the reason, but, like, you know what? J.D. Davis produced. You know, and he's producing now over there. You mean to tell me that guy wouldn't be better in this same type of role than Vogelback or any other guy on any other team? I, I, I am really, really curious 
to see what this front office is able to conjure up by August 1st and what kind of moves they make. And you know what? Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. Because while we sit here and we wonder, what will the Mets do? How will they upgrade? If they're not playing good baseball and they play themselves out of the race over the next month or so, it's not going to mean a damn thing what they do by August 1st because they're not going to be buyers if they play themselves out of the race. And the only saving grace this weekend, again, is that St. Louis is abysmal. Only the A's and the Royals have been worse than them this year. That's how bad it's been. And no other proof you need than the disaster that has been the Wilson Contreras signing. Remember the all-star catcher from the Chicago Cubs all throughout his career? You know, was part of that Cubs team that broke the, broke the hex and won the World Series in 2016. You know, he was, he was a good catcher for them. So he goes to free agency. St. Louis gives him like $80 million plus to be their new backstop to take over for Yadier Molino, who retired. And then you have like a month into the season, St. Louis comes out and says, well, you know what? Wilson Contreras isn't going to catch for us anymore. He's going to be our DH, and, you know, we're going to give him some reps in the outfield. Huh? Like, what is that? Like, you have an entire scouting department, baseball operations department. You saw the guy 19 times a year for the last how many seasons playing the Cubs in your own division. You knew what you were getting when you signed him. Yet a month into it, you want to change his position? And then that became a catastrophe to where the Cardinals had to relent on that to where now he's back catching, but... He's three for 30 in the month of June. He batted a buck 58 in the month of May. That was their big splashy acquisition during the offseason, and they've got nothing for it. Wilson Contreras makes Daniel Vogelback look like Babe Ruth, even though they play different positions. A couple of thing, other things here with the Mets real quick about what could be happening down the road. Number one, Luke Voigt was signed to a minor league deal within the last couple of weeks. Remember Luke Voigt, the old Yankee, actually led the majors in home runs during that Fugazi 2020 strike shortened, or not strike, the, the COVID season with the 60 games. And he's kind of bounced around Milwaukee, San Diego, you know, since. Now he's trying to get back to the bigs. And look, the way the Mets are going right now, you got to figure that Luke Voigt will find his way up to the big leagues here in, in short order. He just did a 458-foot home run tonight for Syracuse. In AAA. That's number one. Number two, I don't know if you guys saw that story that was in the post. And look, I've been talking about this forever. You know that the Mets and Steve Cohen are going to be chasing front office targets at some point in time. And David Stearns is a guy, they have made no secret, certainly, that he is an object of their affection. David Stearns, a guy who grew up around here. He was in charge of the Milwaukee Brewers for the last, I don't know how many years, but this season he kind of took a back seat and he retreated into an advisory role. You know, didn't want to run the baseball operations on a day-in, day-out basis anymore, so they elevated his understudy, Matt Arnold, to be the new GM and the new guy in charge of baseball ops there for Milwaukee. But David Stearns is going to get back in the game. He's going to run an organization again. And you know that the Mets are going to take another swing at him because they've tried twice before and were rebuffed because he was still under contract by Milwaukee. And the report in the, sto- in the post says that the Mets are prepared to, ar- to reportedly make him the richest offer ever given to a front office executive. I mean, 
Okay, great. Far be it for me to sit here and say that somebody's worth it or not worth it. And look, by and large, I think the Milwaukee has been a pretty successful team. Over the last five years, I mean, they've, they've got to be one of the top five, six franchises in all of Major League Baseball with David Stearns running the show. And he was doing it on, I don't want to say a shoestring budget, but when you compare anybody's budget compared to what the Mets' budget is, you could probably sort of categorize it as such. So he's going to be the new guy in charge, and then the question becomes, all right, what happens to Billy Epler? Are they going to keep Billy Epler on to be the general manager, and David Stearns is going to get the executive VP of baseball ops title or you know whatever they call it, president of baseball operations. That's how the new front office model kind of works now around Major League Baseball is you get the president and then you get the GM. So we'll see how it plays itself out here, but you've got to figure that moves are going to be made. It's only a matter of time. And look, I'll tell you, the way that this team has played so far this year, the way that these moves haven't necessarily panned out as such, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily a feather in the cap of one Billy Epler if he's going to have to sit there and make a case as to, hey, I should hang around. I should be the guy that you keep, you know, because I've done a good job. Have you? Right? I mean, have you? The trade deadline was a swing and a miss last year. That's got nothing to do with the owner's money. That's not free agency. That's relying on your scouts. That's relying on your baseball department, relying on your instincts to go out there and make moves that are going to benefit the club. Have they benefited the club? The answer is no. All right, so that's a swing and a miss. Saying that you went out there and you signed two future Hall of Famers because you're paying them a record amount of money, that's the owner's checkbook that got that done. I could get that done. And for the few people out there, as you know, this is one of the more comical things that I like to talk about. For the few people out there that actually think that Billy Epler is here because it might entice Shohei Otani to sign with the Mets because Epler was the GM in Anaheim when Otani picked them, I, I mean, come back to us, right? Rejoin us on planet Earth. We'll still welcome you back. There's still room for you. We haven't given up your spot just yet. Shohei Otani is going to go anywhere he wants where he feels comfortable where the money is just what he wants, and it's got nothing to do with Billy Epler. He might even take less if he finds another spot more desirable and a little bit more in line to what he wants to be and where he wants to play and where he wants to live. It's got nothing to do with Billy Epler. Just like Billy Epler had nothing to do with why he picked Anaheim. That was all international signing bonus money that was available. They didn't outbid anybody else, and he wanted to be on the West Coast. Not because of Billy Epler. Come on, guys. Come back to us. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>